If you're a parent of really a teen girl or even a, a teen boy who is struggling with their body image and maybe struggles with weight issues, you're going to want to pay especially attention to this episode. I'm, I'm really, really excited to, to have this episode. I'm going to talk specifically about how Gem Academy is helping teen girls battle body image and weight issues with Jim Hershey. Coming right up. Welcome back to the Mental Health Today show. My name is John Cordray and I am a licensed therapist and I am the host of this show and I am so happy that you're here and joining us today. I have a very special guest and I want to get to his bio right now. Jim Hershey is the founder and executive director of Gem Academy, a solutions-based treatment program for adolescent girls who struggle with obesity. The format of Gem Academy is similar to a boarding school with a curriculum inclusive of high school general studies, nutrition and culinary fitness, therapy, community service, and experiential learning. For the last 14 years, Jim has specialized in exclusively in therapeutic work with overweight teens and young adults with an emphasis on immersion programs, long-term treatment, and aftercare. Jim worked as a clinician working with college athletes in the field of sports psychology. He has amassed over 8,000 hours of direct client work in this specialty, putting Jim in a small, exclusive group of clinicians in the world. As a member of the Obesity Action Coalition, Jim is a constant advocate and educator regarding the causes of obesity and effective interventions. Jim, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I just can't wait to to talk about this because I really, really enjoy working with adolescents. And this is going to be something that is near and dear to my heart. And so I, I would love for you to explain a little bit about what you do. A little bit of well, what we do here at GEM. So GEM is what most people will characterize as a therapeutic boarding program. What makes us different is that we are a dual specialization program. So where obviously we work with adolescent girls, high school age that deal with emotional health issues, but we also specialize in working with severe weight issues. And when we say severe weight, we're talking about 70 to 100 pounds over the top of their healthy weight range or more, 35 BMI or higher. Why that specialization at that level of obesity, it's logically different. It responds more poorly to treatment. The comorbidities as far as health issues coming up are more, and again, it's, it's difficult to treat. So there's a severity in these early ages where a girl may be 14, 15 years old, 270, 280 pounds. And it can get significantly worse from this level upwards. So they could maybe double in weight as an adult. So whereas lesser weight or lesser overweight conditions, 10, 15, 20 pounds won't get to this level of severity. So once we've kind of crossed this line, we're looking at some real long-term risk factors that, that need some level of intervention. And of course, along with that is the lived experience that goes along with our girls that maybe not everybody can appreciate or understand and really look forward to talking about today. That is really amazing. How many programs 
are like this in the country? We are the only one. <laughs> wow. Wow. What would you say is the need? Is a need great? Right now, the, the statistics are these. Between the ages of 12 and 19, there are approximately 6,700,000 adolescents in the country that struggle with obesity. Wow. That is a lot. And the need is great. Yeah. So I want to back up just a little bit. And I would love to know a little bit more about you, your background, and how did you get involved in this specific treatment program? Yeah, it's an interesting story and not the one that most would predict. It wasn't something that I struggled with as an adolescent. Myself, my background started in, in sport and exercise psychology and doing performance enhancement training with Division One athletes. And like most great opportunities that kind of come through your life, I had a relationship one of my best friends from my grad school wound up being a therapist at this very first obesity boarding school program in California. And at the time it was called Academy of the Sierras. And he was a clinician out there and they were looking for more clinicians. And I had done the sports psych thing for a while and, and was ready for a change. And he contacted me, asked me if I was interested and, and I took him up on the offer and about the same amount of, you know, about these kids is, I think most would in kind of making some assumptions that, you know, there was just not enough activity. There was just too much eating. And, and that was, you know, pretty much the whole story. And so I wound up taking this position and uh, starting in March of 07. And my first caseload was about 12 kids. And systematically, day after day, they just proved how little I knew and what I actually needed to know about these kids, this condition and really how misunderstood they are and how difficult and pervasive this, this condition is to treat and, and what goes along with it from a behavioral health and emotional health standpoint. And so over the next seven and a half years, I was involved with that organization and had moved my way into lastly being their clinical director. And so I just fell in love with the work through these kids showing me just how brave and how strong they are any of the people out there listening that have ever worked in residential care where these kids come from all over the country and move away from their homes and their families and everything comfortable to them to try to better themselves is a level of bravery that deserves respect that they somehow found some utility in me and some trust and allowed me to try to help them it was such a privilege that this was definitely one of the greatest honors that that I've ever had mm. That is amazing. I, I really, really value that. I can sense that you are humbled by these kids that come to see you. For sure. That's a great word for it. Yeah. I feel the same way with my clients. Mm -hmm. A real honor and a humbling experience that someone would come to see me at their darkest hour. Right. Yeah. Well, very, very cool. So here's a question that I have right now. Gem Academy is for teen girls. Yes. What about boys? Is that something that's kind of on the horizon? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I started to conceptualize GEM, the prior entity was was a co-ed program. And, and, you know, again, you can look really smart when you're allowed to, to learn from other people's mistakes. And so in, in that co-ed environment, there was a few things that kind of came up that made it very difficult. Obviously, you have adolescents that are radically changing their physical appearance and would want to, you know, react and engage as, as normal teenagers would, which makes it a very restrictive environment. 
which then, you know, more, more focuses on things like that than on the therapeutic work. And unfortunately, there's an exceptionally high trauma rate in our female population with kids that struggle with obesity. And so wanting to have a safe haven where that trauma work could get done. So just naturally kept pointing to the single gender, you know, treatment model and was definitely the best decision we could make, but it did exclude, you know, starting with the girls, obviously, you know, doing one program at a time, it excluded an offering for, for high school age boys, which I think is absolutely necessary. And, you know, when we have the opportunity and, and the resources to do that, we'll definitely pursue that along with a, a young adult program as well, because there's nothing like us or either one of those offerings available in the country. So it's definitely on, on the horizon. It's definitely things that we, that we want to get to down the road, but to do it justice, it, it takes a complete from ground up reconceptualization because, you know, adolescent boys in regards to how they store energy, you know, how obesity affects them, things like that are, is completely different than girls. And so you, to do it justice, it has to be built from the ground up. Makes a lot of sense. And I am super happy to hear that teen boys is on the horizon. I like that. That's very, very good. Very needed as well. So I know I have a lot of parents who listen. I would imagine there, there are quite a few parents that have, may have a, a daughter who's struggling with this. If a parent is wondering, what can I do? What can I say? I don't, I don't know what to say or do. What would be something that you would encourage a parent with someone who's struggling with a, a child, a daughter who's struggling with weight issues? Yeah. I mean, I think it starts in just trying to, trying to understand what their experience is to some level, because what they're going to see is typically some level of, level of coping in, in the emotional health respect where a lot of our girls have withdrawn socially, emotionally. There may be some school issues coming up, obviously, where, you know, going to school is difficult for them. They may be refusing to do that. Or even if they do, it's, it's an emotionally taxing situation. And the biggest point of empathy for us really starts, you know, not only with our girl, but with our families and, and the experience that they have in, in trying to you know, help their daughter at the same time, also emotionally support their daughter. And that puts them between a rock and a hard place because if they, if they try to help, you know, on the weight end or the health end, you know, they can get a lot of backlash for that, you know, in, in not being accepting of, of their daughter in the physical state. And if they don't, then there's a lot of guilt and shame, you know, from society, they'll go to the doctor, the doctor, will, you know, may ask, you know, what are you doing to try to help this at home? You know, what are the behaviors though? A lot of assumptions get made and things like that. So, you know, my advice, obviously first to, to parents and families is it's not your fault. You know, this is a genetic predisposition and it's not something, you know, the, I always say it's a behavior biology and, and biology is the predisposition and behaviors can exacerbate it, but it can't create it. And a lot of times the behaviors our kids have and our girls have aren't that out of line with an average weighted peer. In fact, the statistics are the difference between a kid that struggles with obesity and, and doesn't maybe is, you know, as small as five to 700 calories a day. That's not much. You know, how can that add up to, you know, this level of, of weight issue is again, our kids are different. They have upwards of three times as many fat cells as an average weighted peer. 
And that is determined by the time they hit puberty. By the time we hit puberty, that, that number is fixed. We do not gain or lose fat cells. Our weight is regulated by the capacity of that. So what we have is what we have at that point. And again, that is mostly genetically predetermined. And then obviously with that much storage, our kids also have very efficient systems at storing energy so they can metabolize and store quickly, especially if, you know, the choices are processed or highly processed. Again, you know, our kids can absorb that quickly. And then on top of that, you add behaviors like not eating frequently enough, which is something that we see with nearly every kid that we work with. Most of their eating will get done in the evening. Um, they'll skip breakfast. A lot of times they won't feel comfortable eating at school. So they'll skip lunch as well. And so by the time they get to the evening, they're pretty hungry. And that's when we'll see or, you know, kind of hear reports of excessive eating or, or things like that when, you know, the parents maybe don't understand that, that the kid hadn't eaten in 21 hours. And when you have a system that's really efficient at storing energy, and you don't feed it for 21 hours, it will store a lot of that. And so it's really kind of demystifying the things that we think are leading to this based on kind of conjecture and, and hearsay and, and really, you know, trying to get the best science to them so they can really understand what the condition is, how, how it works and, and how best to manage it. Well, I love hearing about the science of that. And I also love hearing stories of how girls that you have worked with that have been transformed by going to Gem Academy. Do you have a story or two that you're willing and able to share with us? Yeah. The beautiful thing is every, every kid that walks through the door is, is unique. And it's really one of the things that, that makes the work, you know, I always say there hasn't been a, a dull day in the last 15 years and, and there's never a, a been there done that moment because every single kid, you know, has something to teach us as far as how best to help them. And if we can learn that, then there's another kid that can probably benefit from that as well. One of the stories that inspired me the most and really, again, kind of showed me the error of my ways and my lack of understanding was one of the first kids I worked with at the prior program. And she was a young lady, we'll say Janet. And Janet was to the best of the way I could describe it, a force of nature. She was a kid that came in about 150 pounds over the top of her healthy weight range and, and just, you know, day one looked me in the eye and said, I'm, I'm here for 13 months and I'm going to change my life. And she was true to her word and she worked so diligently and so, so hard confronting her demons therapeutically, being coachable and it was funny. She was such an inspiration, not only to the other students, but there were other staff that <laughs> I think were somewhat reverent and kind of wanted to be like her as well because her level of determination. And again, when you would see her walking down the street, you know, people would make those judgments, you know, that, that stigma that goes with that. And they would definitely be misreading her. And so she really taught me that so many of these kids are just trapped behind a condition that they don't, they don't understand. They can't control yet. And so I started to be able to kind of see this spark in these kids when I just first met them. And so for me, that was, that was one of the biggest 
drivers in just becoming addicted to this work and, and this population is just, you know, being there to see this. And again, they don't become this person. This is the person that they, they've always been and just haven't been able to be. And that's not just because of the weight. It's, it's because they have this inherent strength and they have these abilities and they have this, this compassion that they acquire through their experience to, to really see and, and help other people. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please follow the link in the show notes. Wow. So Gem Academy is actually making a difference in so many people's lives. So listening to to those stories and this girl that you were talking about, man, I get this envision. She came there determined. Yeah. And she knew what she wanted. And obviously she understood the whole goal and mission of, of Gem Academy. Are there some students and some girls that come to the academy that kind of come because their parents make them and they don't really believe that change can actually happen? Yeah. They all come willingly. Now that may be versus some other choice. You know, there may be multiple options for them and we are the most appealing, but every girl makes the choice to come to Gem. But the level of, you know, when I talk about Janet, she already knew, I think on some level what she was capable of. Most, most girls don't. And that for us, because of, again, our experience and, and the generosity of these kids over the years sharing their experience, we have now kind of gotten to the point where we see what we see that before they do. So when a kid first comes here, or even visits, we've just gotten to that place where we can sense, you know, there's something in this kid and, and they kind of think we're, we're crazy. <laughs> They're like, why are you so confident? You seem to know something. And, you know, for us, it's, it's so hard because it's, it's this great book and the last chapter is amazing. And as much as I want to tell you about it, you'll never believe me. And so we just have to patiently walk beside them and sometimes behind them, you know, and let that unfold and let that, that magic be theirs. But we can sense very early on what a kid is capable of. And it does, it builds that excitement to, to go, this is going to be amazing for this kid. Mm. So Gem Academy, spelled G-E-M. Tell us a little bit about how, how did that name come about? What does it mean? And tell me a little bit more about the format of the Academy. Sure. So Gem Academy, again, just is something that divine intervention, that wasn't something that we set out to, you know, we went, we want to call it Gem, let's come up with an acronym. Really, the, the work invented the acronym. One thing I realized early on from the prior work is when a kid isn't invested, 
there's very little appreciation for that accomplishment and we don't really protect the things that we don't appreciate. And so seeing kids go through and having these transformations, but never really buying in and never wanting to be part of that, you would see it come right back. And that's, and that's tragic. You never want to see that, you know, for a kid, especially when it comes to things that affect their health in such a dynamic way. And so we knew that in order for our kids to, you know, to protect their, their accomplishment, they needed to value it. And to value it, there needed to be some level of gratitude. And so, you know, we're like, how do we instill gratitude? So looking at research and, and finding out that our, this age group is inherently low in gratitude and then going, okay. So, and this is, you know, kind of the story of Gem is like, here's a problem. How do we solve this? And so there's a great book out there called Artificial Maturity by Tim Elmore. And Tim talks about fostering gratitude in an adolescence through emotional maturity. And so we took a lot of tenants from some of his work in, in how we structured the program to make sure that we were doing things that would enhance the emotional maturity of our kids and put them in a place to have that kind of authentic gratitude. And so sticking with just that line, our entire program, all the elements, uh, this speaks to your second question, all of our elements in our program are very intentional and they support what we call our, you know, our element categories. And that is, you know, diet, movement, emotional health, emotional growth, spirituality, meaningful learning and self-care. And so all these things in balance help, help a kid develop this emotional maturity along with, you know, surrounding them with stellar adults of character, introducing them to positive risk taking. So that can replace the negative risk taking, introducing them to, you know, experiences that help them build extrinsic value or intrinsic value versus extrinsic value. And so we make sure when, you know, when, when our entire schedule is put together throughout the week that it fits into one of the categories and that there's some equal representation you know, from, uh, from all those categories to give this kid a very, a very balanced, balanced experience. And every part of the acronym comes directly from the work. And, and so that was, you know, directly from working with the kids. Empathy, the E in, in the acronym really came from seeing how much these kids held against themselves as far as blame and shame for their condition. And, you know, again, society didn't do them any favors. Uh, you know, the misunderstanding of the, of the condition itself lends to that. If you, you created this, this is your fault. And so finding that our kids not only had to have empathy for some of the people, you know, and understanding the things that weren't about them, so they could unburden themselves with that, but also to build empathy for themselves. You know, they, they were trying to manage a condition they didn't understand. They, they weren't equipped to a condition they didn't create. And having that forgiveness is really just a huge component and, and really one of the biggest therapeutic, I'll say hurdles that we go through. You know, they can forgive a lot of other people in their life, but they have, a, they have a hard time forgiving themselves. And, and it's absolutely necessary because the, the concept of, of, 
harboring resentment for a former for a former identity is still part of you and you can't leave it behind it, it will always be with you and so you kind of have to make peace with that and so that's really part of uh, a, a big part of their therapeutic work and then mission is how does this how does all this become part of something bigger we all know that you know we want to have a a purpose driven life and managing a chronic condition long term be it you know type 1 diabetes or crohn's or things like that you know is a grind you know it takes attention to detail it takes a lot of delayed gratification it takes you know it takes discipline and 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 if i'm not living uh i'm not living my best life those those things can become far harder to do if i'm living a fulfilling life they're just you know they're acceptable nuisances and and i and i can do that and so really helping our girls connect to something bigger than themselves because so many more opportunities are going to be available for them as far as not only because of their you know the physical change and the physicality and the things that they're able to do if it's engage in sports or be active or do those types of things but they're building a skill set that that just equals achievement on any level you know again we talk about delayed gratification and grit and attention to detail and all those things that make them successful in managing their their physical program and their emotional program will make them successful in any in any pursuit in life and so if you're good, you know, if that's your skill set, you're going to have, you're going to have some opportunities and, and how best do you want to play that hand? And so that's where mission comes in. Can we, can we connect the girls to, to the next thing that they're going to be about because they can be now. Hmm. So GEM stands for gratitude, empathy, and mission. Is that correct? Yes. Nice. I love it. So Okay. How long is the program and what can parents do if they're interested uh, in, in at least finding out more information for their daughter? So the pro, so really we go at it um, one kid at a time. We really do look at them uh, as, as individuals and what they're going to need and how, and, and how long is that going to take really is, is kid by kid from the physical aspect. We know, that, you know, the, in managing the condition, what we're really trying to do is teach the kids maintenance. Weight loss is, is where, again, really helps reduce their, you know, the, the risk factors going, you know, uh, later in life, but they have to be able to maintain that. And so, you know, a lot, there's a lot of ways to lose weight. There's very few successful ways to maintain loss. And so, Really, we work in training the training the girls how to maintain that long term, and that you know that takes time. We want to try to get them you know out of harm's way physically, so they're starting you know in the best position that they possibly can to to manage this outside of gem. And so, typically, if we're looking you know uh, anywhere between you know a year to fourteen months has been on average, because most of our girls have come in anywhere between 72, 120 pounds over the top of their healthy weight range. And so it, we, like I said, typically it's like 12 to 14 months. Okay. And then what can a parent do? Like how do they get a hold of you or, or talk to admissions if they have questions? Absolutely. Uh, we'd encourage them to go to our website and that is 
gemacademyazisinarizona.com. And we have, you know, the numbers, we have our links to get on there um, and send us emails. You, they can call at uh, 602-402-5739. Talk directly to me. I handle admissions as well. And that's, like I said, we're, we're, we are really excited about what we do. You know, it's terribly effective. You know, we our our effectiveness is, is a hundred percent. Um, yeah, with every, you know, with every kid we work with, it's, it's, it's been effective too. And, you know, again, we know the, the emotional health leads to physical health. There's, you know, our, our kids aren't able to do, you know, do the work and the things that they need to do without, you know, being in a great place emotionally. But when they are, you know, our kids have been able to achieve 86% of their excess weight in reduction, which is better than, than bariatric surgery. So giving families a, a solution that, that is very effective and comes with long-term support, you know, our alumni are family. You know, there's never a point, you know, the, the, you know, when I tell you about Janet, who is one of the first kids I worked with is still very much in contact and, you know, it's, you know, 10 plus years later. So there's never a point where, where our kids aren't, you know, aren't involved or we're not available for support because unlike a lot of, a lot of therapeutic treatment, you know, we're hoping that that's a phase, you know, they get through it, they go on to lead, you know, healthy, productive lives. Uh, what our girls work with from a physical aspect is a chronic condition and it will, you know, it's there permanently. Um, they will always have to manage it and that will, you know, they will have to manage it, you know, through college, you know, uh, if they decide to, you know, start a family, have kids, things like that. So there's always going to be times where they may need a little bit more support and, and we definitely want to be there for that. Well, that's great. And and I wanted to mention, too, that we'll put all of the, the contact information from Jim Academy in our show notes as well. Well, Jim, I have one last question for you. It's, it's a question that I asked all of my guests that come on my show, and I talk a lot about self-care. And so I want to direct the question to you about what do you do? Because you do a lot uh, at, at Gem Academy. <laughs> what, what do you do for self-care? That's funny. Um, I get that. I guess I get this, get that question a lot. And honestly, and, and, and I don't mean it to sound trite. This is part of my self care to be able to be around such inspiring, not only, not only girls, but the staff here and, and the, the, the passion that they bring to this and just being around people of, of purpose doing what brings them joy. And being around kids, you know, finding this level of, of hope really enriches. And I miss it in times when I'm not around it. If I have to travel for conferences or, or other things, I really do miss it. And so I'm one of the, uh, I guess, one of the fortunate ones where what I do actually is part of my self-care. And it's not that we're not challenged and we don't have hardships and we, you know, and Anybody who does this kind of work understands that when they hurt, you hurt. We don't get that. Uh, we always talk with our clients about, you know, that emotional balance. Like, you know, if I'm, if I want to feel less pain, I'm going to feel less joy. You know, we have to have, you know, it's that yin and that yang. And so 
we understand that that's part of it. It's just, it just works on that really, really beautiful fuel ratio, which is you can take a, a dump truck full of poop and a, and, and a, and a teaspoonful of, of hope. And somehow <laughs> one weighs more than the other, you know, and, uh, you know, you can't explain it to people who haven't done it, but yeah, you, you see that one kid, you walk out of a room that, that one day and you can tell that she feels differently about herself mm. and everything else, everything else pales. Wow. I love it. Uh, imagine working somewhere where you don't have to escape for self-care work itself is self-care. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, again, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I did want to, I did want to, to briefly mention though, I know anytime we start talking about, you know, weight and, and adolescence or, or weight and people in general, and there always is kind of a, a concern as to, you know, the level of, is there some level of shaming, um, oh, or, yes, thank or, you. or, or lack of acceptance that goes into that. And, and so, you know, obviously that's something we're, we're really uh, cognizant of, you know, one of our favorite hashtags is dignity at any size. Um, Cause we truly believe that there's, there's no physicality that, that should have people treated as less than um, regardless. But we also understand that past a certain point, the, the, the health risks, do you know are real unfortunately you know in kids like we work with you know past that 35 bmi um, the rates of cervical cancer double the the, the rates of infertility triple there's an 80 percent higher uh, likelihood for dementia 85 percent increased likelihood of diabetes and so we know these are their you know these are our realities and so um that's why we specifically work with the the kids that we do because we know these things are real and it doesn't it doesn't affect how they should be accepted or seen we just understand that um, those things could be part of their future and their reality and and if there isn't some level of intervention so you know it isn't about whether their you know their aesthetic is acceptable or what society says it's it's simply coming at it from a disease intervention standpoint I really appreciate you mentioning that because that is so important to understand. Yeah, well, Jim, I appreciate I, it. yeah, and and uh, our time is coming to a close here. I, we can talk forever. I feel like, and I really <laughs> value the the mission of uh, Jim Academy, and, and it's so important. And so, I want to thank you for coming on the show. No, thank you so much, John. I, I appreciate the platform. I appreciate the work that you're doing, and 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 not only with us, but you know, people in our field and just making people more aware of, of, of great people, you know, great work being done by really good people. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure and my honor. So this, we're going to wrap up this episode of the mental health today show. And I just want to thank all my listeners out there. And I just, uh, I'm envisioning that there are parents that might have teen girls that really struggle with this, or maybe, maybe you're a friend of others, uh, parents that have girls that may struggle with this. Share this episode with them and let them know. I want them to hear this. And this is a, a great opportunity to look into a possible solution for your daughter. And uh, this is an amazing program that I really want to encourage you to look into. And all, everything is going to be on our show notes. You can find that at mentalhealthtodayshow.com. 
Again, that's mentalhealthtodayshow.com. Thank you so much, friends. And remember, the Mental Health Today Show has been championing your mental health since 2015. Take care. Bye-bye.